you have your Bibles, I'd ask you to open them up to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, we're going to be starting in verse 57 and, and reading all the way through the end of the chapter again. Uh, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 57. Uh, the Word of God says, When it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy, and they shared her joy. On the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him after his father, Zachariah, but his mother spoke up and said, No, he is to be called John. They said to her, There is no one among your relatives who has that name. Then they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. He asked for a writing tablet, and to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, His name is John. Immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loose and he began to speak praising God. The neighbors were filled, uh, were all filled with awe and throughout the hill country of Judea people were talking about all these things. Everyone who heard this wondered about it asking what then is this child going to be? For, he, uh, for the Lord's hand was with him. His father Zechariah filled with the Holy Spirit prophesied. Saying, by the way, just like Mary did. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come and has redeemed his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his holy prophets long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all of our days. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for Him. To give His people a knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of the tender mercy of our God. By which the rising sun will come to us from heaven. To shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. To guide our feet into the path of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. And he lived in the desert until he appeared publicly to Israel. Three things I'd like to share with you this morning. And here's the first. I want you to understand this morning that God's timing is perfect. Even when it doesn't feel that way. Say that again. God's timing is perfect. Even when it doesn't feel that way. Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you, have you ever waited on the Lord? Right? You hear this morning? Anybody ever here wait, waited on the Lord? Right? Maybe you uh, really wanted that promotion at work and you got passed over a couple of times first. Maybe you, uh, you knew that it was time to get married, ladies, right? Uh, but it just took forever. It seemed like it took him forever to finally pop that question. Maybe like Zachariah and Elizabeth, you have waited or are waiting to hear the pitter-patter of little feet in your home, right? Waiting can be tough. And if, if we're going to understand this text, we have to understand what it's like to wait. Zechariah and Elizabeth have been doing just that. They, they've been praying and they have been waiting for a child to call their own. 
Now, now the text says they're both well along in years now. The phrase would lead us to think that at this point, they're probably old enough to be grandparents at least. And now Elizabeth is giving birth to a son. In her older age, she's now finally giving birth to a son. So you see, this family, their family has been waiting and praying and God has answered. But here's what I want you to see in the text this morning. It wasn't just their family that was waiting. Their faith was waiting too. See, what happens in this passage is simply amazing. In in this passage, the one that we've just read, God is going to make good on two promises that are each hundreds of years old, right? Isaiah 40 Verse 3, turn with me there and and let's read this together. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. This is what I want you to see, right? Go go back to to our our text in Luke chapter 1 verse 76. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord, what? To prepare the way for him. That's, that's, that's John. John is that man from Isaiah. He is that voice. And all of Israel has been longing for his birth for over 700 years. That, that's the time that has passed from, from the time that God spoke those words in Isaiah 40 until John's birth. 700 years, friends. That's waiting. Right? Then we have God's promise in Malachi. In Malachi chapter 3, uh, starting in verse 1, uh, God says, See, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. It's Malachi 3 verse 1. Then get this in Malachi 4 verse 5 and 6. It says, See, I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of their fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Now, again in Luke chapter 1, I want to go back to the text that we read uh, our, our first week together. This is the angel Gabriel showing up and speaking to Zechariah, Luke chapter 1 in verse 14. Angel Gabriel speaking says, He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will he bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and in the power of Elijah, and turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the disobedient into the wisdom of the righteousness to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. See, John is that man. He is that man from Malachi chapter 3 and from Malachi chapter 4. He is the one that will prepare the way for the Lord. And the one promised in Malachi 400 years ago has been born. And the people... uh, longed for a savior and the parents longed for a child and God kept his promises but he did so in his time friends can i can i just can i lovingly speak into your life this morning can i just do that 
just look up here just for a moment. I just want you to hear me. I just, I lovingly want to speak some truth into your life. Ready? Here it is. God is good. Amen. God is good. God is faithful. Right? God's ways are best. God always keeps his promises and his timing is perfect even when it doesn't feel that way. Now hang on. Keep looking up here. I want to continue to speak into you. Whatever you are waiting on, whatever you are waiting for this morning, could you just believe with me that God knows what you need and he knows exactly when you need it. And if it's not coming to you on your timetable, it is probably because he has something better, something bigger in store for you. That was the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth, wasn't it? They longed for a child. They wanted a child. They had prayed for a child for years and years and years and years. And God promises them a son. They received their son, but they didn't get him when they were 30. And they didn't get him when they were 40. And they didn't get him when they were 50 even necessary. They're long uh, in, uh, in the tooth at this point. Life has gone on for a while. And they finally received the promise of God. And they didn't just get a son. They got a son that would prepare the way for the son of God. See, God keeps his promises, but he does so in his timing. And God's timing is always perfect, even when it doesn't feel that way. Even when it doesn't feel that way. Number two, once you see this this morning, when God breaks the silence, it is a big deal. When God breaks the silence, it is a big deal deal. Don't miss the story within the story. You see, there's a, there's a story in our text this morning that shines light onto the greater story of God and the Bible as we know it. It's found verse 59 through 64. I want to reread it. It says, on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child and they were going to name him after his father, Zachariah. But the mother spoke up and said, no, he is to be called John. And they said to her, there's no one among your relatives who has that name. And then they, they made signs to his father to find out what he would like to name the child. And he asked for a writing tablet. And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, not, not his name will be. He wrote, his name is, he's already been named by God. His name is John. And immediately his mouth was open and his tongue was loose. And he began to speak, praising God. And the neighbors were filled with awe. And all throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about these things. And everyone that heard it wondered about it. Saying, what is going to happen with this child? For the Lord's hand is certainly with him. You see, Zechariah has been unable to speak for nine months Remember, we, we covered this um, when we said, God, when God makes you a promise, you better believe it. That was week one in the Gospel of Luke. When God makes you a promise, you better believe it. And God came to Zechariah and made him a promise, and, and Zechariah didn't believe it. But, but 
he still received the promise, right? Because God always keeps his promises because God is faithful. That is who God is that is in his DNA. Now, even though Zechariah didn't believe it, he received the promise because God is the one that promised it and God is faithful. He always keeps his promises. What Zechariah missed, however, was the blessing. See, Zechariah, because of his disbelief, was silenced for nine months. The nine months of time when, when, when he and his wife had been praying and longing and thinking about what it might be like to finally have a child, all of the conversations about what the nursery might look like and who he might be and how he would grow up. and, and what, they, He missed all of the blessing. But I want you to see the goodness of God, right? He, he still received the promise because God is faithful. And now I want you to see this. Zechariah has another chance. Amen? Anybody else here thankful for the fact that we serve a God of second chances, right? God of second chances. Hallelujah. And so Zechariah now has a second chance. And the people come to him. They say, what is the boy's name going to be? And, and he says, give me a tablet. Let me write it down. His name is John, and immediately, immediately his tongue is loose and he can speak. He has another chance and, and he believes and he writes out his name is John. And immediately his mouth is open and he begins to speak, praising God and pouring forth months of pent up praise. Holding his son, holding his wife, calling their names, telling them how much he loved them, telling God thank you. It is an awesome story. It is so. It has a hugely deep impact on all that are there. It says that everyone was there was filled with awe, and then they were so filled with awe they went out into the countryside and they began to tell people about what had happened. And all of those people were filled with awe too, saying, "Wow, I wonder what this kid is going to be." Certainly, God's hand is on him, and it's an awesome story. But as awesome as it is, it's only a picture of what is happening in the bigger story of God. You see, because at this moment, the birth of John, it marks a huge event in the unfolding story of God. Zechariah is not the only one who has been silent, right? I mean, the the Old Testament laid out uh, God's love for man. Man's rejection of God and his love. Then God's pursuit and his plan of redemption to save fallen mankind. I mean, that's the Old Testament if you want the summer. But, but, but the story of redemption, which the Old Testament is, it's all about God's story of redemption and rescue, the unfolding plan of God. Um, that whole story has been on pause since the book of Malachi 400 years ago. Now, don't get me wrong, God is still speaking in some form or fashion during this time. It says, it, it says there were prophets of God and prophetesses or prophetessai or whatever that is, female prophets of God even. And, and so, but during the 400 years here from Malachi until the birth of John, God is no longer speaking about his plan of redemption. He's, he's not uh, unfolding any more details. He's keeping it close to his chest. But God, um, during this period, he chose not to reveal any more of that plan. It's called the 400 years of, of silence. And so God has been silent about his plans from Malachi until now. And the birth of John marks God breaking the silence. He, he is going to speak again about rescue and redemption. And he's not just going to talk about it. He is going to become it. The Savior is coming. And John is going to help get people ready. This is a big deal. 
Jesus is coming and the world will change forever. When God breaks the silence, it's a big deal. Number three. Number three. Almost done. I want you to see this morning that the gospel is proof that God is tender and merciful towards us. Verse 76, it says, And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins because of the tender mercy of our God. So here's the question that we should probably be asking at this point in our story why? Right? Why? why? Why is God doing all of this? Why does God give Elizabeth and Zechariah a son now? Why, why does God choose Mary, a virgin, to give birth to the Son of God, to, to Jesus, the Messiah and Savior? Why? Right? And, and here is the answer to why. Ready? It's, it's verse 78 and 79. Because of, of the tender mercy of our God. Because of his tender mercy. Because God is tender and merciful towards us. That's why. Right? And again, these aren't feelings of God. This is who God is. This is his character. This is God's DNA. He is tender and he is merciful. Now don't misunderstand this. God being tender and merciful doesn't take away from his power or his strength one bit. And instead, I believe wholeheartedly, it reveals his heart. God is all powerful. He is big, he is strong, he is mighty, but we have his eye. We have his heart. This is about him being dad and about us being his kids, right? Let me, let me ask you a question, those that have kids. Is there anything in the world that you wouldn't do for your kids, right? There's, there's nothing, right? Like, like I, I don't know about you, but there's, there's, there's nothing in, in the world that I, I wouldn't do for my kids. And the same is, is, is true, hopefully, for, for you, right? This is, a, this is what we're dealing with. Like, this is the Father's heart towards us. This is the question that we need to grapple with more often. See, we've got to stop feeling ashamed. We've got to stop feeling too dirty for God. We've got to stop feeling like we're not good enough Because God is Father and He is tender and He is merciful towards us. And I don't know about you, but I can come home and I can be in like the worst mood ever. I can be angry and mad at the world and I can walk in and my children can give me a look. They can say one thing and all of the anger just dissipates as I burst out into laughter and tears, right? I mean, I mean, that's what our kids do, right? tender towards my children. I am merciful towards my children. And hear me, because they are my children, they will always have my heart that way. My, my kids may do unspeakable things and I may not like their actions, but they will always have my audience. My kids will always be in my corner. And that's the way that God feels about you. This whole story that we are reading, this story of rescue and and redemption is taking place for a reason. And that reason is this simple truth. God loves you. God loves you with an unending love. You are his heartbeat. You are his joy. This story, the gospel, is proof of that. It is proof that God is tender and merciful towards us. So what do we do with that? 
do we try to wrap that up and, and take that home and apply that into this, this very difficult process um, of breathing, evidently, that we call life? Here we go, number one. I challenge you this week to worship while you are waiting, right? And, and hear me, I know that waiting is difficult, but you are not alone. We are all waiting. And I just want to remind you of that truth that we spoke this morning. God is good. He is faithful. His, his ways are right. He always keeps his promises. And even if it's not on your timetable, it's because God has something bigger and better in mind. And so instead of being frustrated, instead of being angry, would you worship in the midst of your weight? Would you worship him while you wait? Because his timing is perfect even when it doesn't feel that way. Number two, I want to challenge you to stay faithful, right? To stay faithful. We talked about um, God breaking the silence. And so I want to talk about God's silence for a second. A lot of people misunderstand it. And so God's silence, when, when God is silent, um, really it's, it's usually for, for one of two kind of reasons. Um, a lot of times God's silence is really not about God, it's about us, okay? And so in your notes there on the back, there's a little category that says sometimes us. So there are some things that we can do or not do that affect um, our communication and relationship with God. Number one is praying. So I just ask people when they come to my office, they feel like I, I'm, not, I'm not hearing from the Lord, Pastor, what am I doing wrong? Just, I begin here, are you praying, right? And so, so, so are you praying? Like if you're not praying, you're not talking to God, that's your communication, okay? Second, I'll, I'll dig a little deeper and say, and what are you praying for, by the way? Are, are you just praying for stuff? Or are you just kind of pushing buttons like it's a Coke machine? And so when you don't get what you think you asked for, you feel like God's not talking to you or God's not being faithful. The problem with that is God is always faithful. So either you're asking with the wrong motives or you're asking but you don't trust God to deliver. Or I mean, there's something at the heart of that. And then, then finally I would say, and oh, by the way, prayer's not meant to be that way anyway. Prayer is meant to be a two-way street. That's what communication is. It's where we talk and then we listen. And so I challenge people, let's talk to me about your prayer life. Let's start to, are you praying? When you pray, are you just asking for God for stuff? Or when you pray, do you talk to God about everything in your life? Do you give him full access to every room of your heart? Do you sit and listen and let him speak back, okay? Secondly, I would ask him the second question. Are you reading your Bible? Right? Are you reading your Bible? People say to me all the time, Pastor, I just don't feel like I'm hearing from the Lord. Well, I, 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 let me tell you, the primary way God speaks today to mankind is, is through his word. Now, he also speaks to our spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit, spirit to spirit. He uses man to speak to our spirit, um, like friends and companions, circumstances, all those kind of things. But, but God's word is not a, a book right? The Bible is not a book. The, the Bible says it's living and active. It is alive, and the Word of God still speaks. It is still speaking to us. Now, now the canon of Scripture is closed, but God's Word is still actively speaking to those that are God's children. And if you're not hearing from the Lord, let, may, may I suggest you try to pick up his word. I, I heard a story once of a, of a newfangled, uh, well-known pastor that was speaking at a big conference. And, and he, he'd you know, spoken every night. And he got up the last night and said, well, you know, I, I was at Starbucks today. And I was walking around the city and I was praying. And I was asking God what I should talk about. And, and I just got nothing. So I, I really believe I'm not supposed to talk about anything tonight. And he kind of mangled on for you know, half an hour. And then he kind of prayed and walked off the stage. Right? 
And, and, and the tragedy in that is what this, this quote-unquote pastor failed to understand is that the word of God, God is always speaking, man. Pick up the Bible and read Leviticus for crying out loud. That would be better than standing up and talking about your nothingness. God is speaking. Read your Bible. So are you praying? Are you reading your Bible? The third area nobody likes to talk about is just unconfessed sin. So I ask somebody, say, I'm not hearing from the Lord. I feel like God is silent right now. I'm going to ask him, is there any unconfessed sin in your life? Psalm 66, 18 says, if I had uh, not confessed the sin in my heart, my Lord would not have listened. And so often what I find, somebody says, well, no, no, I, I'm good. I've, I've confessed all my sin. I'm fine. I say, oh, really? Um, are, are you angry at anybody? And they look at me like, Pastor, well, what do you mean am I angry? I'm like, are you holding a grudge against anybody? Well, well, no, I'm, I'm not holding a grudge. I mean, I don't talk to my sister, but I mean, you don't even know what she did to me. Like, she's dead to me. I would never talk to her again. And I say, okay, so wait a second. So your sister sinned against you, and, but you haven't forgiven her. And now you're wondering why you feel like God's not forgiving you. Well, here's the deal. Like, if you can't forgive others, then you haven't truly received the forgiveness of God. And so what's happened is that sin moment that happened 10 years ago that you refused to let go of, you've got about 10 years of sin piled up against you. And God is waiting for you to confess. He's waiting for you to forgive. And once you forgive, he's ready and waiting to forgive you. But, but unless we forgive, we can't be forgiven. That's in the Bible. So I ask him, is there any unconfessed sin in your life? Finally, we get through all these things. They feel like I'm doing well and all those things. I, I would just ask them, okay, do you have a relationship with God? Right? John 9, 31, there's a blind man that's healed by Jesus and he shows up to the religious leaders and the religious leaders are saying, now, well, Jesus couldn't have done that. Jesus isn't really from God. And the blind man, being a, more of a religious leader than the religious leader, says, well, I don't know about you, but I do know this, God doesn't listen to sinners. Right? God doesn't listen to sinners. And so, so many people I know that, that, that we live in this world, 94% of Christians in America, or 94% of people in America claim to be Christian, but we know that they're all not but they claim to be, they think that they are, but so many, and I, I just believe with all my heart, that too many of them really don't have a relationship with God. They, 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 they have some kind of belief, but they've never received God, right? We talked about that. So, so they have this belief of God, but they've never received the truth of God. They've never accepted it as their own. They don't have a relationship with God. And so God is distant to them because they don't know him. So sometimes that silence of God, sometimes that's on us. Friends, I'm going to be honest with you. There are other times that silence comes into our life that it seems like God is silent and that silence is from him. And that silence is, is from him. And in and, and 1 Kings uh, chapter 18, I'm going to try to turn there real quick. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 18, um, Elijah the prophet has spoken to Ahab. Ahab was a bad king. He was a bad guy. And, and, and he, he went to him and basically said, listen, it's not going to rain for, uh, on the earth for, for three years. And, and so he says that, and then God tells him, I want you to go to a stream, and I'm going to feed you there. And he feeds him with, with ravens, unclean animals, and then he's going to go to a widow. And, and the widow's like dying, he's going to make her last meal. And he says, oh, by the way, can you get me some water? And while you're there, can you, can you give me something to eat? And, and, and she does, and then she's got enough to eat. And then her son dies, and he's going to pray over him three times. I mean, it was rough. I want you to read this, 1 Kings 18, starting in verse 1. It says, After a long time in the third year, the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Go and present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the land. Now, now don't miss this. 
Then means God spoke to Elijah three years ago and said, go talk to Ahab and tell Ahab there's going to be a drought. And then God said, now I want you to go down by this creek and I'm going to feed you by ravens and then there's going to be a widow. But then from that point on, God's given no more direction to Elijah's life. That's, that's it. All of the direction, all of the long-range planning, like, that's done. God, God has told him what to do and now God is not speaking. This is the man of God. This is the man of God. Now for three years, God doesn't speak. God doesn't, doesn't talk. For three years, he is silent. I want you to know, sometimes that's, that's part of God's plan. Okay? So, so what do you do in those moments? When, when you're there, you've done your checklist. You've made sure it wasn't you. You still believe that God is silent. What, what do I do if, if it's God being silent? So let me give you some things. Number one, you pay very close attention. Pay, pay close attention, right? And this is... I just want you to hear me, right? Big things happen when God breaks the silence. Big things. The story of Elijah, God breaks the silence, says go to Ahab. And, and by the way, you're going to go up on Mount Carmel and, and all the prophets of Baal are going to be there and you're going to kick their butt. It's just going to happen. Like, like Mount Carmel is the pinnacle of Elijah's ministry and it's about to go down after three years of, of seeming silence from God. Big deals happen, right? Big deals. And so you've got you've to pay close attention. Number two, you've got to keep doing the last thing that God told you to do, right? When, when you're not hearing from the Lord, God has said, hey, I want you to go do something. You continue to do that thing until God shows you the next step. That's what you do. Let me kind of share with you what we do as pastors, right? Hopefully. And so God calls us to a place that God called us here five and a half years ago. And, and people ask me all the time, well, Jason, where are you going to end up? Are you going to end up at a bigger church? Do you have plans for this? Do you have plans for that? And my comment to them is, is no, I, I have no idea. And they think that's crazy. Well, shouldn't you be planning your career? And friends, this is a calling. It's not a career. And so this is what we do. We go to where God tells us to go and we stay there and we remain faithful and we keep doing what God has told us to do until he shows us the next step. And I love you, but there are some of you in this room that you stopped doing the last thing that God told you to do and you're, you're frustrated with God because you haven't heard from him. And maybe, just maybe, God is being silent because you stopped doing the thing he told you to do. It's not finished yet. And so I want to challenge you. Go back and do the last thing that God told you to do and do it faithfully and pay close attention because God's about to show up and break that silence. And when he does, it's going to be a big deal. Finally, number three, I want to encourage you to talk more and trust more, not less. When we feel like God has been silent, we have a tendency to shut down, don't we? We have a tendency to talk less, to trust less, to go inward. And the opposite should be true. These should be moments that we grow so deep with the Lord, right? And, and again, we have His Word. And so just because God is not revealing the next step does not mean that God is not revealing Himself, okay? And so, so even though we don't know where to go, we do know who to go too. And I want to challenge you in those moments, talk to God more, pray more, read your, your Bible more, not less. And that just brings us to the last point of a- application. Accept God's love, right? Accept God's love for you. God is tender and merciful towards you, but it's not enough to believe that. You're going to have to take hold of it. You're going to have to receive it. This morning, could you believe that the God of the universe loves you so much that he has instituted this great plan that is unfolding before us? John the Baptist has been born 
Jesus is about to be. And all of what we will read and transpires is for your sake and for your benefit because God is tender and merciful towards you. Would you pray with me?